Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 78 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today, we answer a question on the rules of serving and whether you can make the ball wet before starting a point. We also talk about the angle of your bat for a forehand topspin and discuss coaching players in matches. As always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, yeah, it should be a really good show. Had a, had a pretty long show yesterday. Yeah, it was a long show. We've got a lot of uh, excellent questions to discuss, which is why it uh, went on. But it was a good show, and I hope people enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. Uh, yes, yeah, interesting discussion about and. Uh, Sports psychology and nerves is always um, always something that uh, interests people. So, yeah, hopefully you got some, a lot out of it yesterday. Yes, indeed. Well, let's um, move on because there was a ping skillers question of the day yesterday, uh, which was, what are the critical factors that make the Chinese better? Yeah, that's it's always interesting, isn't it? It's, um, I mean, are they just... Better at table tennis? Do they, you know, do they do something really special? Um, my feeling is not really. My feeling is that they do things a lot more. So they they train more um, from a younger age, uh, and they uh, really focus a lot on their technique when they're when they're young, because they've got such a big pool of players. Um, you know, eventually the cream rises to the top. And uh, and that top becomes a lot higher. So um, yeah, so I think that's one of the really critical factors. The second thing is that because it is such a popular sport there, and there are so many people playing, um, from a young age, players tend to see and to experience uh, high class table tennis. I know um, in Australia, when we get young players, they they may never have ever seen. Or heard of uh, heard of the better players, you know, like um, in a sport like Australian rules football or cricket. Um, all our young young um, uh, people in uh, Australia have seen that before. They've seen players at the top level, um, whereas table tennis they haven't seen it. In China, they they have seen it. They they're getting exposed to um, the best table tennis from a really young age. So they're forming those images in their head uh, from a really young age, which, which makes it easier for them to um, to uh, learn the skills and improve quickly as well. Yeah, that's that's true. And and that pool of players helps a lot. And also, like you said, seeing all the players means that they're exposed to table tennis. So everybody knows about spin and how it reacts off the bat. Whereas if we find some young players here, that have, even if they've played table tennis at home, they're probably not aware about the effects of spin. So when you give them a big side spin serve and it shoots off their bat, they're just amazed. But in China, they all learn about that. So nearly everyone knows that. I remember when I went over there and trained Alloys when I was a junior, um, we just went down to the local hotel and the cook was there and he knew all about how to play table tennis and was excited we were there. And, and they can all just return side spin serves and do side spin serves. So it's, it's yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? And I, uh, I actually quoted that story about the cook the other day. Um, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is quite different. All right, so the Ping Skillers question for today is, without the Chinese players at the Qatar Open, 
Ken Ovcharov win. So the Chinese players, I'm not sure, maybe it's because of Chinese New Year, but they're not playing um, in Qatar, so it's an open field again. And so we want yes. to know, do you think Ovcharov can win? Yes, I think Ma Long, after his uh, win in Q8, said uh, he was looking forward to the few days off now because of Chinese New Year. So, um, yeah, I think that's the reason that they're not playing in Qatar. Unfortunate timing for the organisers of the Qatar Open, but, um, yeah. I mean, there has to be there has to be some downtime as well for these players. Yes, there does. So um, get on to the website, uh, pingskills.com, click on the blog link and leave a comment under this show. We'd love to hear what you think about Ogdrov's chances. Yeah, so he's up against um, he's up against uh, Freitas, Chengchi Yuan, and the Evergreen Samsonov as well. So have to overcome those sort of players to to take out the title. Indeed. Indeed. All right, so um, a few quick questions. One from Abdul who's jumped online. Thanks for asking a question, Abdul. He says, what did your parents say about playing table tennis? Uh, well, my mum still plays table tennis and uh, she's the reason I started, so uh, she was happy. Um, Dad, Dad is a weightlifter, so into sport, um, and uh, so he was also happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, my parents were very encouraging, you know, helped me get around to places and play table tennis and, you know, very supportive when I moved to uh, Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, they were, you know, they were great and, uh, yeah, very supportive. So that, you know, made it easy for me. Um, now, another question from Brock. Thanks for jumping on and asking a question, Brock. He says, how is your feeling after your first loss in a tournament, did you become more nervous to the other matches or does it get better? Um, yeah, I remember I remember the first uh, loss and, yeah, it was, you know, I, I was loving being out there, loving playing um, playing matches and playing the tournaments. Uh, yeah, I don't think it made, yeah, I was just enjoying it out there. So, yeah, what about you, Jeff? Did you have a loss? Um, I don't know. Sorry? Did you have a loss? <laughs> I had plenty of losses. Um, yeah, I think it's just something you need to get used to. And I think when I was younger, I don't think it made me nervous either. I think um, it made me more determined to get better and, and go away and practice. And there's normally something you can learn about um, the loss and you know, it gives you ideas on how you can get better. Maybe you just need to become more consistent or maybe there's a specific tactic you need to work on. But I think that, yeah, losses, you're going to have plenty of them, so you need to try and learn from them. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> I think it's important that you expose yourself to that um, at a young age too. So, you know, um, we sort of went through this period with philosophy about, you know, everyone has to be the, a winner and, you know, everyone gets a medal um, at the end of a tournament and all that sort of thing. And I think it's it's um, hampered development of players because they haven't learned to deal with losses. Um, it's I think it's really important that, you know, um, when you're starting out or whenever, you uh, are in a situation where, I mean, the ideal situation is somewhere where you're winning 50% and losing 50%, um, in my opinion, because there you're, you're learning how to win, you're learning how to lose, you're playing against better players. So um, yeah, I think um, I think really just uh, you know 
expose that expose yourself to a situation where you do encounter losses as well because it means you're playing better players too. Yes, indeed. I agree with everything you said there, Alois. Good points. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'm not sure about everyone getting a medal or everyone's a winner is quite the right attitude. I think, it, like you said, it does hamper development a little bit. Um, but that is a big topic. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Um, Anthony has a question for us, Alois. And Anthony says, when receiving serve, my opponent says that I cannot move to step around or anything until the ball has left the racket. Is this true? Uh, no, certainly not, Anthony. So um, you're allowed to move as much as you want. Um, and in fact, if you watch the better players, um, we did a little bit of an analysis on, um, I think it's Zhang Zikur playing Dong, and you'll see that both players have moved a whole lot before um, the other person's actually touched the ball. So they've put themselves into motion, they're moving, they're, they're, um, they're getting across, you know, to play their, to play their stroke. They're reading, they're reading um, where the ball's going by the toss and by the player's backswing. So you're definitely allowed to move. Okay, great. So, yeah, so feel free to move around. I guess the only thing that I could think of would be, is there some rule about distraction or anything like... Um... Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. If you if you um, were jumping around and running up the other person's side, end of the table and, uh, you know, making faces at them and stuff, um, you probably are going to get into a bit of trouble from the umpire. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, just the movement is, uh, is completely fine. Yeah, some, sometimes players will even just fake a movement, so... They'll, they'll move across to their forehand and then come back again to throw the um, server off, and that that is acceptable. Okay, so there you go, Anthony. That's the answer. You can move around. So um, tell your opponent that, and um, good luck uh, against them. Okay, so now the next question, um, Alois, is from Valky, who says... It was 10-9 for my opponent, and he served the ball. He pretended to serve backspin, so I tried to push it back. The problem was the ball was wet, so that it immediately fell down. Can I make the ball wet to manipulate the surface? Um, no, you can't. <laughs> so you can't deliberately um, you know, get the ball wet and, and, and serve the ball. Um, but what happens in a, in a match situation is that sometimes, you know, um, a bit of sweat will drop onto the ball and the player will serve or um, some sweat drops onto um, your bat and, um, and so then there's no friction between the bat and the ball and so there's no spin on the ball. Um, so the, the ruling on that is that the umpire has to call the let. Um, so if, if it happens during the point and the umpire sees that there's um, a change to the playing conditions, they can call a let. Um, but usually if it happens um, and so I serve the ball, it's completely wet, you hit it, go straight down to the table, um, the umpire doesn't have to, have to say that it's a, a let or whatever. But it's a very strong uh, tradition in table tennis that if that does happen, that both players just agree to call a let. 
So, and I think that's the really important point. You know, just in the in the spirit of uh, of the game, if that happens, uh, just call a let because because it's not anyone's fault that you know there's a bit of uh, sweat on the ball or on the on the bat, um, and it really does affect. Um, what happens to the ball. So the ball will just go straight down instead of uh, gripping the rubber and, and going back onto the table. So if it happens to you, um, just make sure that you uh, allow the, your opponent to just play a let. Um, but, and definitely don't deliberately try to uh, wet the ball. Um, it's just not on. No, that's bad sportsmanship, yeah. And what I normally see is that the person that hits the ball and it slides off, it leaves a wet mark on their bat, so they normally go and show that wet mark to the other person. They go, oh, okay, let's call a let. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, and that's the etiquette of, uh, of what happens with the game. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's spread that word and just uh, <clears throat> make sure that's what happens um, with a sweat ball. Okay, sounds good. So the next question is from Marcus, and Marcus says, it was my turn to take the under-13 team to their match. The doubles was 2-0 start but the boys just did not realise how the opponents corrected their game and adjusted. They lost the following three sets. I did not take any timeouts. Should I have? Ah, interesting. So um, the, the other little sideline to this uh, story is that uh, one of the players was his son. Um, so he was getting quite involved in the match. And, you know, um, and, and I think um, Marcus was feeling a little bit... Um, regretful about, you know, could I have done something better or, you know, um, I always think like at, at that age especially, it's good to just give them some guidance but, you know, the players have to be out there and they have to learn a lot and they have to experience a lot and just try to work things out themselves as well. So, you know, don't certainly don't feel guilty for um, not stepping in and, you know, and rescuing them or helping them out, you know, maybe the timeout would have helped, maybe it wouldn't have, but they've now been through that experience, they've, they've got that more experience under their belts, um, they'll be better players for it, so, you know, I, I think you've done a good thing, you know, look, leave them, let, let them let them play, let them learn, let them see that they have to, um, to work things out themselves, so, you know, one day they're not going to have a coach sitting there in their corner and... Um, and they need to need to start to think things through. You know, try to figure out. Okay, so what have our opponents done? Why are we now starting to lose games? We, we won the first two games. Why did we lose the third game? So that analysis has to happen themselves. And even at under thirteen, that's possible, and it's, and it's a good practice for them to uh, to start. So so definitely don't feel guilty, Marcus. And um, and uh, yeah, I know. If, uh, if you're coaching your son, it becomes even more difficult, doesn't it? It's like uh, you start to get a little bit more emotionally um, tied to it. But, yeah, you've done well. The fact that you drove them there, the fact that you took them to the match or um, are sitting in their corner and, um, and offering um, some support, that's, that's more than enough. Excellent. All right. Well, hopefully that helps you, Marcus, and uh, good luck in the future and wish your sons well from, for, from us. Okay. Next question is from Andre, who says, when playing forehand topspin, do you have the same angle for the bat when you focus on both spin and power? Or when power, playing power, do you close the bat and go more horizontal with my arm and forehand? And with spin, do you have a more open and a more vertical stroke? Yeah, so um, 
So yeah, you can alter the angle of your, your racket for different strokes. So when you're playing a, a slower, spinnier ball, so the angle of your racket is going to open up a little bit and also the stroke is going to become a little bit more vertical. So it tends to, it tends to follow. So if you open up the angle then you can, and you play up, you get more, um, more of a slower, spinnier stroke. If you close the angle and go forward, Okay, you're going to get a faster topspin stroke, but you can also open the angle and hit it flatter. So that becomes more of a smash or a, or a, or a flatter contact, but then you're um, uh, increasing the risk factor because you haven't got the topspin on the ball. So, um, so three things there. One is for the slower one, open the angle and brush the ball up. For the faster topspin ball, close the angle and have a more horizontal stroke. Uh, but then you can also hit the ball flatter and faster. But in that situation, the risk increases because you haven't got the dip on the ball um, from the top speed. Yeah. And it's interesting. I guess that flatter stroke uh, can be useful if the ball's a bit higher and you've got more margin for error. But I think I generally see the top players putting lots of top spin on it unless the ball is pretty high, in which case that's sort of flat smasher. But they tend to often go for the more top spin to give them the margin for error. But because they're so athletic, they can get a really fast swing and still generate heaps of power and top spin at the same time. Yeah, they um, they do. They're, they're generating a whole lot of speed with that racket, aren't they? And um, and so that's that, that really fast brushing action over the top is generating a whole lot of whole lot of um, spin and, and speed and um, yeah it's a much safer stroke than than the flatter stroke okay all right well um, sounds like you're on the right track there Andre so thanks for the question and keep practicing good luck all right Alois um, one quick fire question from Brock before we go he says this question is for you Alois do you think your 1990s hairstyle can come back again? Uh, Brock, not for me, unfortunately. But, geez, I love that 1990s hairstyle. Yeah, maybe it'll make a comeback with all the young kids, I reckon, Alois. It's yeah. Thing. Maybe. <laughs> may, well, we'll need to get a picture of you, Brock, and just see where your, uh, where your hairstyle's at. Yes, exactly. Send us a picture of your hairstyle, Brock. All right, thanks everyone for the questions. Make sure you go to pingskills.com, um, click on the blog link. You can find all the notes for this show and all the past shows there. Um, you can also sign up for our free newsletter. We've got lots of great table tennis tips on the website, so visit pingskills.com. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff, and have a great day, Pingskillers. Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. All right, yeah. let's go for it. Indeed. Have a great day, everyone. See you later.